Good morning, everybody. Thanks for getting up with us, and welcome to another edition of Premier High School Sports. I'm your host, Tyler Turnwald. We got a lot of guests joining us this week. Alon Howard will be on the show, Luke Crilly, Greg White, and Anthony Reedy. Now, I want to start the show by giving you three questions that I've taken away from the first week of sectional playoffs. How do you beat a team by 14 in the regular season and lose to them by 10 in sectionals? Also, how do you lose to a winless team by double digits in sectionals? And last but not least, what if a particular school had arguably their best player all year long? We'll try to answer those questions later on in the show. Tony, what are our sponsors today? Today our sponsors are Terry Lash, Stephen Ann Turnwald, Crown Battery, the Turnwald Brothers, Lincoln Financial, and Lakos Stress Relievers. It's time for your scores and peak performers of the first round of sectionals. One game in Class 5A, Elkhart Central beat Northside 46-22. Moving to Class 4A, East Noble defeated DeKalb in a very close game 33-32. Angola defeated Culver Academy 27-7 and remained perfect. Wayne dominated Southside 50-12. New Haven had an impressive victory over Columbia City 24-14. Leo defeated Jay County 35-21. 35-21. And Dwanger defeated Logansport 42-14. In Class 3A, West Noble defeated Norwell 28-21. Lures defeated Heritage 63-24. Concordia defeated Lakeland 28-13. And Belmont defeated Garrett 16-10. In Class 2A, Bremen Defeated Woodland in a very close game, 35-27. Central Noble defeated Wabash, 30-22. Bluffton shut out Manchester, 35-0. And Prairie Heights moved on, beating Whitco, 28-22. In Class 1A, Southwood beat Eastside, 44-6. Fremont beat Southern Wells, 25-14. Adams Central beat Northfield 34-23. And Cherubusco advanced beating South Adams 28-21. Your peak performers, starting with Everett Johnson of Bluffton. 237 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Amir Kamari Anderson Drew of Concordia. 124 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Caden Harshberger of East Noble had 125 rushing yards and three touchdowns. John Bell of DeKalb had 130 rushing yards and four TDs. And last but not least, Woodland's very own Benjamin Reedy pitched almost a perfect game with 322 passing yards, two touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, and no turnovers. Luke Crilly is back with us after a long absence. Luke, welcome back to the studio. We've missed you. Yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly sorry, Tyler. I've been taking these two weeks to really just focus on the games that have been at hand, and I'm very ecstatic to be on again with you. Yes, we hope the quality of your work will go up as well. 
But we're going to take a moment really? in this segment to just give a tribute to all the teams that have fallen this week. I've been on a low, I've been taking my time. I feel like I'm out of my mind. I feel like my life ain't South mine. Adams. Their season came to an end Friday night as they went up to the hostile environment in Turtletown and lost by a very close score of 28-21. to The Starfires put up a good fight with the Cherubusco Eagles, who were favored going into this game. Now, I did take South Adams to win this game because of the history of this historic matchup. And the Starfires came up just short. And I have to own it. I was wrong. Krilly... You didn't pick this game, but what do you take away from this game? Well, this sectional is, I believe, the most <clears throat> exciting one. <clears throat> and I am I don't even have the words for how excited I am to see what happens in the upcoming games. Yes. Yes, I think Busco has knocked off one of the best teams in that sectional, which is South Adams. Another notable team that lost Friday night. Our beloved Heritage Patriots. By a very intriguing score of 63-24 to 24 against wow. Bishop Lures. I didn't think the Patriots could pull this one out. But I knew. I tell you, I knew, Crilly, that they were going to put up a fight. Tracy went out there and played like it was going to be his last game. Justin Wood had a handful of tackles and some very nice plays. Just shout out to the whole Patriots organization and team. They had a better season this year than previous years, and I think they are ascending in the right direction. Yeah, no doubt, Tyler. But, I mean, to go down 39 points in your last game, that sucks. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's disappointing. It is. But. But you know what's worse? What's that? To go down by one point in your last senior season game. That's also very tough. Very, very tough. Didn't really want that brought up today, but we'll continue Columbia City was defeated by New Haven 24 to 14. Now mind you, Columbia City beat New Haven earlier this year 21 to 7, and they come out in sectionals and they lay an egg. But the Bulldogs looked pretty impressive as they got their pass game going like I said they should. I took New Haven to win this game, and I said it was going to rest on the shoulders of Timmy Jordan and the passing attack by the Bulldogs. And would you believe it? They passed for over 200 yards. So, I was right in that sense. Crilly, what do you take away from this game? Yeah, I'd like to give a big shout-out to Timmy Jordan yeah. and how he performed. Mm. And I know I've said this before, but something about that number 12 on the defense. Christopher Scheid is a dirty player who deserves to be kicked off of that team. He makes the program look horrible. Get him out of there. Now, Crilly, I know you watch a lot of Chris Scheid's Snapchats, and you see some of the things he does to try to get under people's skin. I believe there was a video this week yes. of him shoving a lineman. Dirty. I like it. You like it? I like it. I think that it's a, it brings a lot of heart to the team. So you encourage violence. It's a violent game. If you're not here to be violent and be aggressive, it doesn't matter. I mean, videos have come out of Chris Scheid twisting people's helmets stomping on their helmets after plays stomping on ankles that's what i like to really? hear that's unbelievable i encourage it i encourage it a lot of passion the garrett railroaders surprisingly lost to the o and nine well one and nine now belmont braves now i gotta be honest i was absolutely shocked when i saw this the garrett railroaders 
were hoping to win a sectional game. And by all means, they deserved it. But somehow, the winless Belmont Braves took it to the Railroaders. I don't even know where to begin in this matchup. Crilly, what are you taking away from this one? Well, I don't have much to say about this toilet bowl of a game. But I just want to recall earlier on in the year when you were riding high with the Garrett Railroaders. What I, were you thinking there? I rode high in the sense that I believed they could win a sectional game. And they got the right draw. This was the draw the Railroaders were hoping to get. But somehow, they were upset. And I'm very disappointed in the Railroaders' finish to this season. But we have to keep in mind, the future is bright. There are some tremendous coaches for the youth up there at Garrett, and they're going to get better. Last but not least, the Woodland Warriors went down to the Bremen Lions 35-27. to 27. Now, Crilly, well, I'd like to say something, go ahead. Tyler. The games you mentioned earlier were all kind of surprising, except for probably the Heritage. But yeah. honestly, was this game much surprising to us? I know that we both picked the Woodland Warriors. But I, deep down in our hearts, I picked what Bremen. did we believe? I picked Bremen. Now, you went back later and rode with David Bischoff. Well, I said that David Bischoff could be the difference and that the game would be a lot closer. But I said I thought about how I believe I used the word degenerative David can be, some of the behavior and antics he could have. But I said he could be a difference maker, and he was. Had over 100 yards receiving and over five catches. He was a difference maker in the sense that they were there at the very end, which I said they could be. I think I was right on with this Woodland game. Came down to the wire. Ben Reedy had a historic game. We're yes, going to have him on later in the show, but we'll talk about that later. But a historic game for Ben Reedy, and I was very pleased with the effort I saw from the Woodland Warriors coming from that demoralizing loss to Adam Central where everyone was riding off the Warriors and then putting up a great effort against a phenomenal Bremen team. I was very proud to be a Woodland Warrior. Time to address our first question. How do you beat a team by 14 in the regular season but lose to them by 10 in sectionals? Yes, we're talking about New Haven and Columbia City. And my answer is Timmy Jordan. Tim, what's up? You're on with PHS. What do you have to say after defeating Columbia City and advancing to the next round? Yeah, it feels good. You know, we've been kind of struggling throughout the season. People are talking down on us, but uh, playing the great Columbia City team, they beat us the first time, so I feel like we came out with a little harder this time and wanted to beat them and uh, advance the next round and play uh, whoever, winner of Southside win. Thanks, Timmy. Now, Greg, do you have anything to say about New Haven coming back and defeating Columbia City after they were defeated to them in the regular season? I got to say, well played to the defense. And well played by Timmy. Yeah, Timmy and Kentrell also, both first team, all NEA in the conference. So congratulations to both of them. Also, both of them played very well. Uh, New Haven has advanced their record to 500 right now. So I like what I'm seeing so far from the New Haven Bulldogs, but obviously their biggest test of the year, arguably, will be next week against the high-flying, high-powered Wayne Generals. Greg, how do you think this team stacks up against Wayne? I don't think Wayne is going to be competition. 
don't think they're going to be any competition at all. Wow. Well, Timmy had a good game. I mean, he finished with 19 of 31 passing for 179 yards and three touchdowns. Did have two interceptions and a fumble, and that's something he will not be able to do if they want to defeat the Generals. But I'm very impressed with what I saw from New Haven in their first sectional game. Tony, what did you see from New Haven this game? I just saw a lot of heart out on the field. I just uh, I'm got to give props to New Haven for uh, coming back after taking a loss from them in the regular season and coming back in the postseason and uh, coming back with a dub. Yep, very impressive for the New Haven Bulldogs. Congratulations to that whole team, and get ready for the Generals. I landed in London at a quarter to noon. So excited to see her. Ah, I enjoy some seal on a Thursday morning. Let's address our next question we left the audience with. How do you lose to a winless team in the first round of sectionals? Yes, we're talking about the Belmont Braves over the Garrett Railroaders, 16-6. At Belmont, Jonathan Wilder threw a 23-yard touchdown pass to Noah Macklin, no relation to Logan Macklin, and ran for a 13-yard score to propel the Braves to a 1-9 record, getting that elusive first win. Tony... What do you make of Garrett losing in the sectionals to a winless team that they should have beaten? Well, this game kind of sums up their whole season. It's just a total disappointment. We uh, expected a lot more from them, and we expected a W from them, and they fell very, very short. Greg, anything that's weighing on your heart about this game? It's sad, man. Oh. I put my faith into the railroaders. You did, Greg. And they failed me. <laughs> Yes, they did, Greg. The Railroaders' whole season has been, unfortunately, a failure. They finished the year 2-8, and and for the next couple years, I think this is what they're going to have to get used to. They're going to have to get used to sitting around a 2-8, 3-7, I mean, right around that record mark, but the future. Tony? future is very bright for the Railroaders. They've got some great coaches in their little leagues, and they got some great kids coming up. The youth is being coached right in Garrett. I don't know how many times I can stress it, but the future is going to be bright for the Railroaders. It'll be right back like we're back with those Ben Purdy teams, and they're dominating the NECC. Time to answer our third question for you guys. And it's about Woodland. What if Woodland had arguably their best player all season? That player we're talking about is none other than David Bischoff. Last week, people scoffed at me when I said that David Bischoff could be the difference maker for the Woodland Warriors. I got rude phone calls People were so quick to criticize and try to excoriate me. But look who's laughing now. In David's first game of this season against Bremen, he had eight tackles, eight receptions for 127 yards, and two impressive punt returns for 35 yards total. You can't look at that stat line and tell me 
that David Bischoff was not a difference maker. So that brings the question, what if they had him all year? And here's what I think. Okay, we can speculate all we want, but I truly believe that they would have beat Leo and they also would have beat South Adams. And the other games that they lost in, I don't believe they would be half as bad as they were. And I also believe this. If David had more in-game chemistry with his teammates and his brothers, I truly believe they would have defeated Bremen Friday night and would still be playing as we speak. Woodland, all year, was missing a deep threat, explosive player. And that's exactly what David Bischoff brought to the table. Tony, what are your thoughts on David? Well, we can go on just saying what if David was there. But the fact of the matter is that Woodland lost and that they're out of the playoffs. Now, David Bischoff, he has everything that Woodland sorely needed throughout the season. They had a a pretty good running back in Reggie, but... Reggie is a north-south runner, but we got David Bischoff who can run north, south, east, west. He can make moves. He has that explosive power that Woodland sorely like, lacked the whole season. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is is that there was no David Bischoff, and now there's just next year. This is the outcome we have. Greg, what do you got to say about David? You've been shaking your head this whole segment. What do you got to say, buddy? Oh, he's pondering. He's thinking. Thinking things through. Will he answer? Well, Greg, you were talking to me earlier about, well, last week you said that David Bischoff was going to be a threat because of his speed. Now, what did you think of his speed and his ability to fly around on the field, making eight tackles, I mean, eight receptions? What do you got to say about that? You know what? That's pretty impressive for his first game, you know. Yeah, I mean... He's going out there, he's knocking the rust off, and he's playing a heck of a ball game. So I was impressed with David, and sure, we can speculate all we want, but Tony's right, that doesn't change the final outcome for the Woodland Warriors, and that's a 4-6 and six season and a loss in the first round of sectionals. Let's give some credit to the Woodland Seniors. I'll name a senior, Tony, you name a senior you're impressed with, Greg, you name a senior you're impressed with. I was extremely impressed with Jack Stuckey this year. He had a great year. He had a lot of touchdowns, punt returns. Uh, He played well on defense. Now, I think we saw a decrease in production for a lot of the Warriors who only played solely on defense last year because a lot of their roles got extended to playing both ways and special teams this year because they're not as deep as they used to be. So I think that had a huge factor in bringing down the production. But Stucky, he was still producing. Tony, who do you got? For me, Sebastian Spieth. That dude was everything for that defense. He, uh, he even made a switch to running back and power that uh, hog that uh, Haydock tries to... Uh, crap, man. The hog that Haydock tries to create in the offense. He always wants that power running back, and that is Seb Spieth. Greg, who's your Woodland senior? I really, I honestly have two of them, but... Go ahead, give us both. I may have to give a shout-out to Dan Castleman and Tyron, you know. 
Dane, Castleman, and Tyron. What impressed you about Dane this year? He's moving people off the line, you know. Just destroying his opponent. And what impressed you with Tyron? I've seen a couple couple good plays. I've seen his highlights, man. I was pretty impressed with a couple tackles and stops. He's mm-hmm. Well, I got to shout out one final senior. And that is another Hoss lineman, Jacob Gerbers. Oh, yeah. Look, oh, yeah. Jacob Gerbers and Dane Castleman, you can't talk about one without mentioning the other. The two kids were a pair, and they both played tremendously together. Two peas in a pod. They were a dynamic duo on that offensive line. They, uh, Without them, I don't think Woodland would have had any source of uh, uh, recollection like they did last year, man. Yes, they were a huge difference maker, and it's unfortunate to see them leave, and we will miss them. Congratulations, Woodland, on a 4-6 and six season. What's up, fellas? What's up, Howard? You're on with PHS. We have a couple questions for you. What do you think about Friday night, what was happening in Bremen? Well, I think Woodland played an impressive game. I thought it was going to be worse than what it was. But I tuned in around the fourth quarter with three minutes left. They're down by eight. I'm like, wow, Woodland actually has a chance. So, unfortunately, they didn't finish it, but, you know. Now, Mr. Howard, will you quit sugarcoating it? Tell us what you really think about the Warrior season. Oh, <laughs> uh, nothing. That game's not going to just take away what they've done during this season. I mean, like a four and six record? <laughs> Yeah, the record was four and six. I mean, that's poor for Woodland, man. Four and six? Are you kidding me? You're correct, you Howard. At least get five hundred. Huh. Now our next question: What do you think about that dirty player from New Haven, Christopher Shy? Yeah, man, he's been dirty for years. I don't know if you guys really tuned in on that, but yeah. Oh, we been have. Pretty dirty for years. I just want to see him try it against Craig Young because Craig Young's not going to put up with that. So oh no, he won't. Tough this kid really is. Now. Chris Scheid was saying he's better than you at corner. What do you have to say about that? We can pull up film. I got I got videos I can send of him just getting dunked on by numerous receivers across the NEA. Wow. Uh, Howard, earlier we had a video pulled up of just all the dirty plays of Chris Scheid. Now, Crilly stated that Chris Scheid is number 12. Is he number 10, Howard, or 12? He is number 10. He had to get the same number as... Oh, as I'll, his, uh, same number as Howard. I'll put an, a dollar in the jar then. Sorry for that. A low. dollar in the jar for now, Crilly. Mr. Howard, the only stat category you beat Chris Scheiden is unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, you have, to have, you have to have that swagger, that confidence. And I, and I take that. I'll take that any day. Yes. Okay, well, I respect that, Mr. Howard. Hey, thanks for answering our call and talking to us. Thanks for being on, Howard. It's time for our fans' questions of the week. Starting off, we got a question. Who in the area has the best chance of winning state? Now, I think my answer has been the same throughout the year and that is none other than the bishop dwanger saints said it from the start still saying it they're gonna win state or they have the best chance tony who do you think i think dwanger has the best chance at getting upset 
I think Adam Central, on the other hand, has the best chance of upsetting Pioneer and making it to state. Okay, I mean, that's exactly what Greg was going to say. Greg, what do you got to say about that? I can tell you're pretty upset. Screw you, man. Oh. oh. Greg, do you want to change who you think is going to go to state, or are you still riding with Adam Central? I'm going to ride with the Flying Jets. What about those Hornets I saw you pointing at? They're undefeated. Oh, Angola? Good. Yeah. I saw you looking at Angola. Are they looking good to you? Yeah, man. Oh, okay. Sure. All right. All right. Any other questions for this week? Oh, can the Bulldogs pull off the miraculous upset and defeat Wayne? Now, let me be very, very clear. Greg, say it. No. No. They cannot. No. Not a chance. Sorry, guys. The Bulldogs are going down this week. You heard it from me first. You heard it from us here at PHS. Hey, everybody. I want to say thanks to all of our viewers. Really, without you, none of this would be possible. Viewership has continued to rise. We're continuing to get more views. So I really want to thank you at the bottom of our from our hearts here at PHS. Greg, go ahead and say thanks. You know what? Shout out to the Phoenix listeners, man. You're right. And um, the crew of PHS. We put our blood, sweat, and tears in this crap. It's not crap, Greg. It's actually a pretty good show. I Come on, that. man. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> thanks, Tony. But thank you to our audience. Tell your friend. We want viewership to continue to rise. We want to make the show bigger than it is now. We're creeping our way up to 200 avid listeners. Now, I know we said we were going to have a Ben Reedy interview this week. But we're only going to give you a little snippet at the very end here. But thank you for tuning in to another edition of Premier High School Sports. You're damn right he is. <laughs> <laughs>